Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. So, more than half of the nation's beaches are contaminated with poop and sewage. Ick. Making their waters unsafe to swim in. (laughs) This is a report by Environment America. Love them. Uh, The group found that 55% of more than 3,100 beaches it tested last year had at least one day when fecal contamination reached potentially unsafe levels. Now, we'll say this was last year. Well, I'm sure we've cleaned up in a year. Right? (laughs) All right. So even more disgusting, American shores are polluted with human and animal waste dumped into the ocean from sewage overflows, factory farms, and industrial livestock operations. (sighs) Makes you want to go to the beach, doesn't it? (laughs) No, no, it does not. Texas beaches were among the worst in the nation, with 90% of the 61 beaches tested at unsanitary levels. As a region, the Gulf Coast tested the worst, 84% of the shoreline failing to meet clean standards, followed by West Coast and the Great Lakes. Louisiana and Pennsylvania, with its Lake Erie beaches, uh, Lake Erie, that's one of the Great Lakes, were the top state offenders, with its beaches at 100% safety failure. (laughs) Oh my God. Oregon's beaches are most consistently dirty in the U.S., with six of its beaches at unsafe sanitary levels over 75% of the time. Oh my goodness. So, uh, feces from sewers, private septic tanks used by one in four Americans, and animal waste from industrial farms is the reason for the contamination, according to this group. Now, don't worry about it, because swimming in poop water can cause some respiratory diseases, ear and eye infection, skin rashes. (laughs) Uh, They claim in this study that there are some 57 million cases of waterborne illnesses reported in the U.S. every year. Now, according to this, sewage infrastructure around the country is inadequate or in poor repair, enabling raw sewage to find its way into our waterways. Sanitary sewers overflow as many as 75,000 times each year, and that's in the United States alone. Now, they blame it on urban sprawl and new construction and paving roads and parking lots and paving over wetlands and forests that used to absorb the rainfall. I mean, they want us to go back to caveman days, so we just need to clean it up a little bit. You also, uh, aside from the other things that could go wrong with you, you could have gastrointestinal illnesses, hepatitis, and norovirus after eating shellfish that were harvested from polluted water. So now we're eating the fish that are being raised in the polluted waters. Yay! Now there are beach advisories for all the waterways if you want to go to the beach. And if you have an open sore, don't go in. (laughs) I wouldn't even walk along the beach if I were you, if I had an open sore, but 
you know, for sure don't go in the water. Now, according to this, uh, updating the country's aging sewer system is a way to lessen the problem. And Congress has committed $25 billion to sewage and stormwater projects in the last couple of years. Now, the EPA estimates that it would cost about $271 billion to fix wastewater, wastewater infrastructure across the country. So we know that's not going to happen until we stop giving money to Ukraine. So just saying, <laughs> uh, maybe get a pool. Uh, maybe you go to a friend's house and swim in the pool. Uh, you fly over then look at the beaches and go, boy, doesn't that look beautiful? Yes, it does. You going in? Nope. Not touching the old poop water. Sorry about it. <laughs> oh, that's disappointing. We're smack dab in the middle of the summer too. Couldn't they have told us before the 4th of July when everybody goes to the beach? Man, if you went to the beach over the 4th of July, uh, hope you didn't have any open sores. Welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. So if you have a field, no matter what you're growing in it, I would uh, take a closer look at what's in that field. A man in Kentucky has just harvested a fortune in gold coins. He stumbled across more than 700 gold coins in his cornfield, dating back to the Civil War. Amazing. So the name and location have not been revealed. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Um, just amazing. The treasure, which has already been dubbed the Great Kentucky Hoard, has not been uh, precisely valued. But just one of the coins that they found was an 1863 $20 gold Liberty coin. In the past, that sold at auction for more than $100,000. The cachet includes 18 of those, as well as more than 600 gold dollar coins dating from 1854 to 1862. Incredible. Uh, Kentucky, you know, was a border state in the Civil War and it declared itself neutral when the hostilities first broke out. And it was the site of, you know, several battles, no fierce battles, as a matter of fact. And its uncertain future led to many wealthy inhabitants hiding their valuables from one side or the other. Now, they claim that Daniel Boone and Jesse James and many other people buried their treasure. And we don't know, you know, what happened to it. This is it. So it consists, it's obviously union currency. Those bastards from the north. So the owner probably had dealings with the north. And, uh, you know, they wanted to hide from the Confederate raiders. Now, the rare coin expert, Jeff Garrett, and who doesn't love rare coin expert Jeff Garrett, uh, came in to authenticate the claims. And uh, he said, uh, the opportunity to handle the great Kentucky hoard is one of the highlights of my career. The importance of this discovery cannot be overstated as uh, 700 gold dollars represents a virtual time capsule of Civil War era coinage. Wow. Uh, the find included uh, 1863 double eagles, a gold coin with a face value of $20. Yeah, but whole finding one mint condition, 1863 double eagle would be important. But they found uh, nearly a roll of superb examples 
um, is just amazing. Now, the, I'm surprised the government isn't trying to take it over, to be honest with you. But I you know, guess they can't. Good luck with that. I mean, when you say the government can't, then they say, yes, we can. The cachet has been taken up by the company GovMint, which is selling off uh, the individual coins with a certification label. And they come, yes, this is certified Great Kentucky Horde Find. <laughs> <laughs> just incredible i wish i could be digging around a cornfield and find all those coins man good for this guy that's pretty amazing i will say just as a side note in this story that i'm reading from the nationalpost.com it is called the great kentucky horde then at the bottom of the story where it talks about the company GovMint, which will be selling off individual coins with a certification label that came from the Greta Kentucky Horde. We can't even spell all the words right in the story. It's pretty embarrassing, actually. Uh, but, uh, you know, I wouldn't want anybody to, you know, double check anybody's story. <laughs> you know, look for those spell check issues. No, we can't do that. But uh, the story itself is awesome. Just that we could do the whole story without spelling a word wrong that happens in so many stories now wonder why that is wonder why there could be wrong words and wrong spelling and stories no it can't because they don't have people looking at it at the end of course they do of course they have editors what they don't oh okay never mind and i get it i know why they don't they just leave me alone times are tough and we're trying to make a living and we've got to find a way to make money online i got it I'm just pointing out that it seems uh, it seems to be quite a usual thing when we have wrong spellings and wrong punctuations and wrong words in stories that uh, we see every day. But the man who harvested the fortune in gold coins from his cornfield, <laughs> the great Kentucky hoard. Good for you. Good for you. And while we may not know the man's name or where he lives, uh, that has not been revealed. We do know what he sounds like because he posted this short video when he first stumbled upon the coins. This is the most insane thing ever. Those are all $1 gold coins, $20 gold coins, $10 gold coins. And look, I'm still digging them out. There's one, two, three, four. Incredible. So he, the story said more than 700. Other stories are reporting more than 800. Anyway, good for him. And if you have any kind of open area or fields, uh, be sure to uh, be on the lookout for gold coins because it sure would be nice for anyone to stumble across that. If you do, send me pictures. Uh, you can uh, send me pictures on Twitter at JeffyJFR. You can send me pictures on Facebook and Instagram, Jeff Fisher Radio. You can send me pictures, email, uh, chewingthefatattheblaze.com. Uh, you can do all that. Let me know if you found uh, this uh, huge uh, hoard of coins wherever you're from. I mean, you, it's too late to have the Great Kentucky Hoard. That's already happened. You can have the Great Kentucky Hoard too. But you can't have the first one. Sorry, it's already taken. But wherever, whatever state, whatever country you're in, you can have your own hoard <laughs> of coins if you find them. And let me know when you do. Please, that would be 
That would be wonderful. If you're listening live today, today is the 11th of July, 2023. It's 7-11. It's Slurpee Day. Okay, well, it's free Slurpee Day. I'm going to have to head actually to the local 7-Eleven and get my free Slurpee. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately. So we heard from Madonna yesterday, or at least we heard, you know, we heard what we think is Madonna on her Instagram account. She thanked everyone for their positive energy, prayers, and words of healing and encouragement. I have felt your love. I'm on the road to recovery and incredibly grateful for all the blessings in my life. My first thought when I woke up in the hospital was my children. My second thought was that I did not want to disappoint anyone who bought tickets for my tour. Was it? Was that your second thought? I also didn't want to let down the people who worked tirelessly tirelessly with me over the last few months to create my show. I hate to disappoint anyone. My focus now is on my health and getting stronger, and I assure you, I'll be back with you as soon as I can. The current plan is to reschedule the North American leg of the tour and to begin in October in Europe. I couldn't be more grateful for your care and love and support love m and then she posted a picture of herself a selfie of herself and uh well it's a picture of yourself it's a selfie almost right they all are anyway uh she looks great uh she looks really like she's really gaunt and really tired and been through a battle i guess she's still under doctor's care looks like she's kind of tone you know she's obviously been sick so she's uh, you know laid off the fillers and we heard talk of that that was uh happening anyway prior to the tour right so uh it was supposed to start uh i don't know a couple of days the american tour so we're gonna start in europe in october the queen of pop it's going to be back uh, performing in the United States uh, sometime in the in the near future. So good, uh, good for her, and I'm glad she's okay. <laughs> uh, Madonna, uh, I thought you know while she looks tired and uh, like she's been through the ringer, uh, she looks pretty good uh, compared to what she was looking like. So this has been a good thing for her, you know, aside from the whole bacterial infection thing. And I want to apologize. I didn't recognize the new Miss Netherlands uh, champion who uh, was crowned this past weekend. I didn't recognize uh, I didn't recognize this person yesterday, so I wanted to apologize and get it out of the way. Uh, Miss Netherlands uh, just crowned a trans woman as its representative for this year's Miss Universe competition. Now, this has been, uh, if you think this is, uh, you know, just a fluke, it's not, Okay. Uh, don't forget that last year, the trans business mogul who goes by Anne Jakaratutup, J-A-K-R-A-J-U-T-A-T-I-P. It's just that simple. I thought uh, her first name was like uh, Anne Jajajajong, uh, Jakarajutatip. But anyway, she purchased all of that, having been said, uh, Jakarta Jadutip uh, purchased Miss Universe organization. Um, that is a trans businesswoman. And so if you don't think that uh, that agenda is going to be pushed uh, directly from the ownership, uh, you are uh, barking up the wrong uh, trans 
tree. So we had uh, the Spain Miss USA or Miss Universe uh, competition uh, had a trans winner. We had Miss USA in Nevada last year. So it's definitely coming from the top. Uh, so anyway, congratulations to uh, Miss Netherlands as being crowned trans woman as a representative for this year's Miss Universe competition. More good news coming from the Miss Universe competition. Thanks to Anne. You know, I just realized that Blacklist is coming to an end. Incredible. James Spader, uh, Blacklist. Uh, it's been 10 seasons of the Blacklist. He's been uh, in two, there's 218 episodes of Blacklist. Really incredible. Uh, that's a great piece of work. Uh, Raymond Red Reddington uh, from Blacklist. Been 10 seasons. Pretty incredible. The first couple seasons were just fantastic. And then I got kind of weighted down. I almost, I don't know, I saw it up on Netflix and I almost went back to it. And I guess I'll have to now since it's over. He's It's going to end this week with a two-hour finale. And uh, I guess they weren't going to do it because of the writer's strike. But Spader, as the executive producer, worked with, uh, worked with everyone and got the last two episodes out. Pretty incredible that they're entering it. Uh, he claimed that, uh, you know, he's ending it on his, uh, his own way. They're ending it right. I mean, awesome. James Spader, I love him. Uh, great work in the blacklist. Ten seasons coming to an end. Pretty incredible. And then he was in Boston Legal for a hundred or so episodes. He was in The Office for only 25 episodes. <laughs> a loser. And The Practice. Uh, that was 22 episodes. That was that was a fascinating show at the time, The Practice. I think my favorite, uh, and he was in Seinfeld and Frasier too for an episode, so he pulled off a, you know, a show in the big shows at the time just to be part of it. My favorite movie, I think, from James Spader is Two Days in the Valley. What a hilarious, fun movie that is. I love that freaking movie. <laughs> Two Days in the Valley. Terry Hatcher is in it, and she is prime time uh, Terry Hatcher in that movie. Jeff Daniels, Charlize Theron, who is uh, prime time as well in this movie. <laughs> Uh, Danny Aiello is in it. It's really funny. Uh, if you have a chance to catch it, if you haven't seen Keith Carradine is in it. If you haven't seen Louise Fletcher, I was just going back. Eric Stoltz. I was looking at all these people that are in the movie. Really good. Really funny. Uh, my wife hates it because my son and I watched, uh, <laughs> watched this movie multiple times. Uh, uh, because there's so many good lines in the stupid movie. Anyway, James Spader, Blacklist, coming to an end. Uh, really sad, but, you know, 10 seasons. Enough is enough. Let's move on. Okay, so that's this week. And then we have um, Justified City Primeval starting next week with Tim Leoldeland. We did mention that. Then we can head to the movies. We have uh, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1. That hits theaters tomorrow. For those of you listening live, today is, of course, uh, 7-Eleven, which we mentioned earlier, so it's a free Slurpee day. But uh, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1 hits the theaters tomorrow. We'll see how big a weekend they have. And then next week we have Barbie and Oppenheimer. 
being released on the same weekend so the theaters are pretty happy they're going to have some big movies at the theater you're going to have next i mean so this weekend you've got mission impossible uh, that's going to be the number one movie it's going to blow away everybody else and we're just going to move on but they're hoping for you know 300 million and it's north american debut that would not surprise me and then the next weekend you have barbie and oppenheimer and they claim amc said that they've staggered show times so moviegoers can attend both more easily <laughs> so which one you're choosing uh atomic bomb uh barbie world i think we covered this already didn't we i think we did i think we decided uh nuke barbie nuke margot robbie nuke margot robbie (laughs) i think i know which one i'm choosing first but maybe it's just me So those of you that uh, listen to this show and subscribe to this show know that it's free. And one of the reasons that it's free is because we have uh, members and subscriberships to Blaze TV. And you can go to blazetv.com slash Jeffy and use the promo code Jeffy and get a discount. I think if you were to use blazetv.com slash Jeffy promo code freedom, it gives you more off. At least I don't know for how much longer that is but uh, you can go ahead and give it a shot and i thank you for doing that we know that we have tucker carlson is going to host the first presidential forum of the 2024 gop primary season and uh blaze media and family leader are teaming up and tucker is going to be a part of that he will be interviewing or questioning uh ron desantis nikki haley vivek ramaswamy tim scott mike pence And the live stream starts on Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern uh, on Blaze TV or Blaze TV YouTube channel. It's funny. I was just thinking that uh, just as, uh, you know, behind the scenes a little bit, Pat and I are uh, filling in for Glenn on Glenn Beck Radio on Friday. And this is going on at the same time. Son of a guns. So, you know, go ahead and. Be a part of the Family Leadership Summit and, uh, you know, with Tucker. And then Glenn is going to interview Tucker afterward, which will be, you know, kind of interesting. It'll be an interesting interview for sure. But, uh, you know, Pat and I will be doing, you know, Glenn Beck Radio on Friday. So listen to that and then go to this. Okay. All right, then. Got that worked out. So who died today? Who died today? James Lewis dead at the age of 76 he uh was found dead in his apartment outside boston he had served 12 years in prison and you're wondering wait james lewis who is that guy you know he was the only suspect in the 1982 tylenol murders although that case still remains open uh he was never charged with that murder he did serve 12 years in prison for extortion charges related to the incident but he was never charged with murder Um, seven people died in the chicago area and after taking over-the-counter extra strength tylenol 
many of you may not even remember that. Maybe you weren't even alive uh, when that took place. But it did uh, scare the nation. And it ultimately led to the tamper-proof packaging. I hope he got a cut for that. Oh, yeah, that's right. He got 12 years in prison for that. <laughs> he wrote a letter to Tylenol maker Johnson & Johnson demanding a million dollars in payment to stop the killings. And then that was the biggest search manhunt uh, in U.S. history. He denied involvement in the murders, claiming the letter was a hoax on his wife's ex-boss. Huh. Okay. So that's why he was never charged. And they could never prove it. They could never prove it was him. So he probably was telling the truth when he said he was lying about being able to stop the killings. He just wanted a million dollars. Anyway, uh, <laughs> James Lewis dead at the age of 76. Now, this person already died, Aretha Franklin. Uh, she died in 2018. And that family is still fighting over the Queen of Soul and her will. I mean, it's a multi-million dollar estate. So she didn't leave behind a formal typed out will. But two handwritten versions were discovered in her home after she died. Now, yesterday a trial began in Michigan where lawyer, lawyers for the two of the singer's four sons are arguing that a 2014 handwritten note signed with a smiley face and stuffed in a soda <laughs> counts as her last will and testament. Another son favors a different notarized document from 2010. Both documents split Franklin's royalties among her children and require the three competing brothers to support her fourth son, who has a disability. But the wills differ in who gets her personal property and who takes charge of the estate. So, uh, Kecalf Franklin and Edward Franklin are vying for the 2014 document, which was stuffed in a soda can and a handwritten note with a smiley face, which names uh, Kecalf as executor and leaves him with his mother's house, cars, jewelry, and fur coats. Remember, she always had the big fur coats on stage that she would slide off her soldiers, uh, shoulders. Her third son, uh, Franklin, and uh, Ted White, Two favors the 2010 will that names him as executor and bars Kecalf and Edward from their inheritance until they get business degrees or certificates. Now, I'm not a part of this. I have no idea who to believe. I haven't even seen them speak on it. But for me, I would say that since there's a notarized 2010 document, and I would go with that one. Uh, that would be the one that would be the one that would be legitimate other than the handwritten note signed with a smiley face stuffed in a soda can. But again, that's just me. Those of you that are worried about uh, signing up for threads of which I did, and you can follow me uh, Jeff Fisher radio on threads uh, because you're upset that they steal all your data. And I talked about how, look, all these social media companies have your data, right? I mean, companies, have your data. That's how they make their money. Google and Facebook and Apple. I mean, they make their money because they have all the data and it's supposed to, and it's safe. <laughs> uh, it's safe. Don't you worry about it. It's fine. Oh, did I mention that HCA Healthcare uh, said that uh, patient data has been stolen and is for sale by hackers on the dark web. Yeah, don't worry about it. 
Uh, it's approximately 27 million, uh, 27 million rows and includes patients, personal information, and certain visit records. <laughs> uh, just, you know what? It just affects patients in nearly two dozen states, including patients at dozens of facilities in Florida and Texas. So you're fine. Don't worry about it. According to the provider, no clinical information had been disclosed. Right. So the unnamed hacking group provided them with a sample set of data about patients' low-risk lung cancer assessment, which would apparently undercut HCA's assessment that no material or protected health information was breached. <laughs> yeah, so your information is already out there. Okay, I know it doesn't make it any better. It's agonizing to think that, but we may as well just do our best to keep the information as private as possible. But we're at a point now where your information is not private. And even if you're, I mean, can you live off the grid anymore? Is it possible to actually live off the grid? I guess if you go back to caveman days or move out into the woods, into a cabin with no internet, uh, no satellite dishes, none of that. And you'd have to, you're not making purchases at stores. You're going to have to kill your own food, grow your own food. Uh, you're going to have to build your own stuff. <laughs> uh, I'm not doing that. Okay. I know. I know. I probably should. I probably should go out in the woods and cut down trees and build my own home and not have the internet and not have the satellite and not have be any contact with the outside world. That's the only way you're living off the grid. That's the only way. And I don't think too many people are doing that. I know some of you probably are, but if you are, then you're not listening to this show because you're on the grid. I guess if you go into some small town and go to the library and you listen to Chewing the Fat at the library internet, which by the way, thank you and welcome to Chewing the Fat, you could be off the grid because no one would know it was you. It would just be someone from the library that was listening to Chewing the Fat or other podcasts. Um, you know, and be sure that anytime, no matter what you're listening to in your library of your small town, when you're off the grid, if someone comes up and taps you on the shoulder, Hey, excuse me, what are you listening to? Your answer has to be chewing the fat. That's just <laughs> off the grid or not. That has to be your answer. So anyway, uh, don't worry about it. It's just uh, healthcare patient data from HCA it's just certain visit records, certain personal information. That's all. Dozens of states, a bunch of facilities in Florida and Texas. So everything is fine. Okay. Every, everything is fine. And what I like at the bottom of this story is that, uh, hey, you know, patient data breaches are not uncommon. So they vary in scope and effect. And this apparently didn't include critical medical records. Uh-huh. They just claimed and showed emails with health diagnoses. I mean, they claimed, I guess, this breach happened at an external storage location, of course, exclusively used to automate the formatting of email messages. So there's that. But again, you're fine. Uh, you know, just know that it's not uncommon and your information is out there. So just do the best you can, I, I guess, because your information is out there. You know that, right?
So I did not realize that uh, this actually existed, but it's awesome that it does. It's a GPS artist, and uh, this guy has traveled the world to produce city-sized drawings. Now, this all started way back in 2008 when, uh, well, and then in 2010, he used it to propose to his now wife. All right, so he began planning his route and then he quit his job and spent six months driving around and exploring places he'd never been to before when he was done he uploaded the data to google earth and saw his message come alive in bright yellow letters along with the heart of the island of hokakedo because this is a japanese man so he did this for a marriage proposal so when you download the information on Google Earth, you see it says, marry me with a giant heart and an arrow through it at the top through Japan. Now people, my first thought was, wait, he did this in English? But then you look at the, <laughs> you look at the Japanese letters and you realize, hey, you know, good for him. That's why he used English letters, okay? He wasn't doing that in, in Japanese writing. <laughs> so to this day, it's the largest GPS drawing done by an individual uh, it's a record a world record it's a guinness world record uh it is 7163.67 kilometers which is well you know 4451 miles and was created by uh yasushi takahashi of japan in uh, june of 2010 now that's what got him started to become a gps artist okay he now regularly roams cities around the world to produce city-sized drawings he's a professional gps artist with more than 1400 artworks he has drawn over more than 100,000 kilometers, about 62,137 miles in 24 countries. I regard GPS art as a tool for experiencing local history and culture. By moving, I draw something, and at the same time, I come into contact with history and culture, deepening my understanding of the region. That's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, it's pretty darn cool. Now, I still question uh, the writing in English because they show some of his GPS drawing tweets and they're in Japanese. So, not quite sure why he would do English writing because the artwork is more, you know, animals, a giant eagle flying over a particular area of uh, an island or a country but he or uh, there's a there's one that shows uh shows a guy smoking a pipe with a hat on you know it's, it's fascinating but it's, it's a gps drawing and it talks about uh and it tells you in his yasan gps drawing artist uh at yasan underscore gps and it's uh in japanese so i'm still questioning the whole writing in english thing but kind of cool and uh that's a good idea and uh, what a way to make a living being a gps artist so we have that guy and then we have oh he has not attempted this though i was seeing where there's something called the longest walkable distance on earth which no one is known to have completed right there's one journey left in the world which is still waiting for someone to take up the challenge and conquer it 
come on, what are we doing? It has to happen. I mean, before I had bad knees and all that kind of stuff, I may have actually thought about this. I loved walking. I didn't mind walking. Uh, that's because you didn't have a car, Jeff. I know, but I didn't mind it. You know, I was okay. I was all prepared to walk. Uh, unless someone gave me a ride. However, uh, I just, uh, I see it's a long ass walk. And remember, Stephen Wright told us a hundred years ago, uh, everything is in walking distance if you have the time. So the distance is 22,387 kilometers. Walk time is 4,492 hours if you were to do it. Okay. It's uh, the Cape Town to Magadan walk. It's the longest continuous walk in the world. Okay. (laughs) It would take around 187 days if you walked without sleeping. So realistically, it's going to be quite some time, at least, at least a year, probably more. It's filled with uh, diverse landscapes from scorching deserts to freezing Siberia. And it even passes through what they call here conflict zones. <laughs> yeah, good luck uh, passing through those conflict zones, but you can still do it. Hey, I'm just walking. Okay, leave me alone. Uh, while there's no reward other than the amazing experiences along the way, completing the journey would give you an unbeatable story to share. I know this is why it should be filmed. This is a Netflix thing. Uh, this is a Netflix. This is an Amazon Prime thing. Uh, this is. Uh, I should. I should do this, man. I wish. I, I wish I was. Uh, I wish I was uh, healthier in my legs. I would actually do this. You could make some serious money from any streaming platform that uh, would pay for you to walk this distance. There you go. Who's ever Who's ever up for this? Make the sale. Make the deal to a streaming platform to just follow you on your trek of. Of the 22,387 kilometers. I mean, that could just, that could almost be the title of the show 22,387 kilometers with the map of uh, the walk on the globe. Uh, pretty incredible. That'd be, I, I mean, who wouldn't watch that? That'd be awesome, especially when you're walking through conflict zones, right? Uh, that'd be awesome. So make it happen, make it so. I should just produce that myself. All right. And so today is uh, start begins prime day too. So big prime day sales going on. And uh, it's not just a day. It's uh, 48 hours. So, you know, prime day is 48 hours. So go on, get out there and have your deals on Amazon prime and have them delivered right to your home. Okay. All right. Maybe you can order your walking stuff and your backpacks and everything for the longest walk and have Amazon prime, you know, foot the bill and just follow you for the documentary. That's, uh, you know, you're welcome. You're welcome. Just me being given an idea to you to go make a lot of money by just walking 22,000 kilometers. <laughs> That's all you have to do is walk 22,387 kilometers. Probably take you a little bit more than a year. And then you're going to have to edit all the footage and that'll be great. And if you survive, well, you can, you know, enhance your bank account. If you don't survive, someone will enhance their bank account because it'll be awesome footage. So you're welcome. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.